Angie for breakfast. It's Triple M Southwest this morning. It's Angie for breakfast and joining me today is the Honourable Don Punch. Hello. How are you going? Hello, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) If I get my buttons right, you can tell it's a Friday, Don. Yeah, I got totally confused with the buttons. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for making time to come in. Life has been very busy for you since, uh, you know, becoming part of the Cabinet. Yep, but it's really great fun, but never forget Bunbury. No. Yep. No, you are the member for Bunbury, which is very advantageous for us because it means we get to talk with you about some of the big stuff that's been going on, as well as, you know, the regulation, making sure we're looking after uh, the city of Bunbury as well. So thanks for coming in. Before we get into it, I've got a very important question for you. I'm not sure if you realise this, Don, but today is not actually the 1st of October. Oh. It is the 1st of... Oztober. Oztober. Spend the whole month celebrating Aussie music. If you had to pick one song to go on the Great Australian Songbook, what would it be? Well, can't go past Men at Work and the Land Down Under. Ah, so why that one? Ah, it takes me back to the America's Cup days. And that was the theme song for the Australia too. Nice. Yeah. Do you remember where you were partying when we won? Yeah, it was was really early in the morning, about 4am, in my lounge room in downtown Collie. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, Julie noted men at work down under, I agree, yeah, should be in yeah. the Great Australian Got to play it sometime today. Now, we've got some uh, big stuff to talk about. We'd like to talk about the PTSD session that you're hosting on the 15th of October. Now, this is really great. Yeah. Look, we know that people who are working on the front line, whether it's police, ambos, fireys, um, anybody who really is involved with seeing traumatic things, it can often leave a lasting impression and really make people feel quite unwell. So we're going to explore that on the 15th of October at the Dolphin Discovery Centre. There's a friend of mine in Parliament, Mark Folkard. He's a former police officer. He's experienced PTSD. And um, he's put together a foundation to really look at how to better support people who've experiencing PTSD and, uh, and try and design the services that will make a difference for people. So anybody who's interested in PTSD, do come along to the Dolphin Discovery Centre on the 15th of October at 3.30. Brilliant. I've actually got two family members um, that experience this from time yeah. to time. And it's, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre niche of the mental health spectrum. So it's it's specific, it needs specific attention, and it's great that people are able to get in on the ground floor and talk about how we're going to address it. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, something else that I wanted to mention, and it's the cha- – and then this is like throws me back to like year 10 social studies where we learnt about Australia's political setup. Um, but there were some changes recently for the Legislative Council in Parliament – and it has been sort of talked about in the headlines as being a setback for regional West Australia in that uh, we will lose some of our voices. So can we just talk about that? Yeah, this is in the Legislative Council. It's important to remember that government is formed in the lower house, which is the Assembly, and the upper house, the council, is the house that reviews our laws. So government's in the lower house, the reviewers are in the upper house. What we found from the last election was that um, there was... Some people got um, elected, some parties, on as little as 93 primary votes in a state of 2.7 million people. And then when we looked a bit further, we found that if you lived in Kalgoorlie, your vote was worth roughly twice a vote in Albany, uh, three times a vote here in Bunbury. Uh, 
places like Wurralu and Wendawi, if you lived on one side, your vote was worth about four or five times a vote on the other. So some really bizarre discrepancies. So we put it out to an expert committee to have a look at, and they came back with a view that we should move to just having 37, one more, so there's an extra one, uh, and that's to do with just making sure that we've got a speaker in the upper house, uh, but 37 members who would represent the whole of Western Australia. And that means they need to get out and make sure they're known to people in the bush and that pe they're going to look after the needs of people in the regions as well as people in the metro area. But if you're reviewing laws, it's the best way to review laws is to review them on the basis of the whole of Western Australia. All right. Thank you for clearing that up. And uh, I'll have to update my 10... Uh, year ten school brain for the you know for the sometimes, revision yes, on the letters. Sometimes hard to get your head around, but it does work. <laughs> um, now we've got a situation um, that's happened in Bunbury basically overnight. Um, some fencing went up at the Graham Bricknell Music Shell, and I know I've spoken to you about this before. Yeah. And um, you know that's our rough sleepers. Um, there's a whole tent city that has been growing there. Uh, we spoke to the mayor a little bit earlier who said that the there's routine maintenance being carried out and that's, you know, that happens every year and there was prior warning for the people that are using it um, as temporary accommodation. But Don, it wasn't that long ago that we spoke about some initiatives from the state government about a new way of working and working through this multi-layered issue and it's such a hot topic for people and they're very passionate about it. So where are we at with these strategies? Are they having some headway? Yeah, look, they are. Anglicare is the principal body um, that's been funded by the government to work with people who are homeless. Uh, rough sleepers are the visible part of that. There are a whole range of people who are homeless who might be couch surfing or uh, or um, sharing a house and, you know, it's just really on a very temporary basis, not really home. Mm. Uh, but rough sleepers certainly are a, a very visible expression of the problem of homelessness. Uh, what we've found is that um, when you get tent cities like they've developed a sort of, a, not really tent cities, but sort of groups of tents like we've had down at the Music Shell, um, you get a, there's been quite a, a sort of movement through. So as the agencies have worked with people, and sorted out whether or not they can return home to family or whether there's some other options for them, other people move in. And you start to get this sort of focal point for people to um, sort of transition to from all over the area. So we've had a lot of new people flow through, but also we've had a lot of antisocial behavior down there as well. And you also get the sense of territoriality where people start to um, almost stand over other people in those groups and I've had a fair bit of feedback from the police about how to manage that and the growing concern they've had. Um, and at the end of the day, the Music Shell is a public asset. It's an asset of the City Council. It was never designed to be a homeless shelter. It's not appropriate for that. And um, it's starting to deteriorate because that's not what it's supposed to be used for. So the Council's undertaking that maintenance. I support that maintenance. And um, We'll continue to work through those agencies one-on-one -on -one with people who've got very complex issues to find, find solutions for each of them. Mm. And it, it is a growing problem. I mean, we had the tiny houses uh, that that was all like finished and done and dusted, which was a great project. But are we going to see some more relaxation around legislation and house zoning and things like that to open up more space for um, portable houses, tiny houses, better using yeah. the space that we do have? Yeah. Look, um, those, th th those tiny houses have worked really well. There's three people who are living in them and they are really happy and uh, um, 
Accord West, who is the agency managing them, are working with them in terms of long-term housing solutions. So great option. And also what we've found is that you can build them within the existing planning schemes. So it's not so much a matter of legislative change as just accepting that the planning schemes can accommodate them. But the sad thing was, was when we were putting them forward, we got such a heap of anxiety and criticism from surrounding community members, some surrounding community members. And we've got to be a bit more tolerant, I think, because those houses are now built and have just blended into the environment there and everybody's happy. Mm. So when we've got a massive social housing program coming forward, $2.1 billion worth of housing and housing renovations. And I just hope that as we roll that housing out, people will be accepting of... Um, of that sort of housing and community housing because it's an important issue for our community. Mm. It will hopefully also kick on and help with, um, you know, worker accommodation shortages for our tourism hotspots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got a massive construction build at the moment. Getting houses built is a real struggle because all the builders are really going full bore. So there's a lot of housing coming into the market. And I, I do think we'll start to see changes over the next few months in terms of the housing mix. One more big topic. It's been in the headlines an awful lot, and that's the um, issues within our medical system Yep. Um, for our public hospitals. Of course, we've got the major hospital of Bunbury and the other public hospitals in the southwest. Ramping issues, staffing issues, we're, he- we're constantly hearing about it. We know that the government has a big surplus, so where are we spending the money? <laughs> well, we're spending $200 million on the Bunbury Regional Hospital. But what what we are seeing, and we're seeing it nationally, is a huge take-up of acute hospital services. We've never had more people walking into hospitals looking for support than we've had now. And it's both in mental health and in um, other forms of illness as well. So we're seeing this massive ramp-up, and that translates back into, I think, the um, the way that we're supporting primary health care, GP networks, how we're able to better utilise GP networks for the less acute illnesses. Having said that, the, um, the Bunbury Regional Hospital is set for expansion of its ED, for its mental health observation areas, new theatres, new beds. It's going to be a pretty significant redevelopment but because it has to stay as a working hospital through all of that it's going to be it's being paced so work's already started there's been new equipment purchased there's um, new car parks are now being built big issue Um, and as that hospital grows the staffing will grow with it and the government's made a major commitment on employment of additional nurses and doctors the big issue is getting them in from overseas and we're working on that um, also, just on that, because I know also the culture of the Bunbury Regional Hospital has been talked about a lot, and I was speaking to somebody at the Southwest Future Jobs and Skills Forum, yeah. and they were saying, yeah, there were issues, there's been the investigation, and a big shout-out to everybody who's working super hard on changing the culture there, because it doesn't change overnight, and I know that there is, like, you know, there's there's a lot of love being put back into it, so um, everybody who's on the ground working through that, like, bravo. Yeah. Well, this has been a great chat. Was there anything else that you would like to talk about? Well, I just think things are going pretty well. You know, it's um, when I walk up and down the street, the retailers still telling me that things are going well from their point of view. It's a little bit up and down sometimes, but um, I think everybody's just really looking forward to maybe Christmas not being far away. So I think so. First of October, I've heard, is Mince Pie Day. Oh. So we might see fruit mince pies out. Well, there we go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's always great catching up with you. And I guess uh, I'll see you in maybe about a month. Yeah, that'd be great. Angie for breakfast.